0: Summer is on the way, though things are getting better. <laughs> uh, I want to I talk this morning uh, a little bit more about repenting. We started talking about it last week. Uh, we think of a lot of different things when we hear the word repent. Uh, sometimes we have a good connotation of it. Sometimes we have like, oh, someone's yelling at me when I hear that word or I think about it. So uh, we're going to look at it a little more, uh, build on what we talked about last week. If you go to the next screen, there's a little cartoon there. Uh, the guy's up in church and he says, "I pray." That this song I'm about to sing will not only speak to your heart, but it it will spiritually rip you limb from limb and lay you barren, naked and writhing in conviction on the cold, dank tile floor. Amen. God bless you. (laughs) Sometimes that's the picture we have of repent. Like, hey, I want to talk about repentance like it's a good thing, but you ought to feel miserable while I'm doing it. How many of you know we talked last week? That is not the picture that the Bible gives of repentance. Uh, repentance, if, uh, just to recap some of the things we talked about last week, uh, repentance was never meant to be just feeling bad. It's not, not measured by the amount of tears shed at the altar, not, not measured by how much can I twist your arm into crying. Uh, it's not measured by just saying you're sorry. That may be part of it. We talked about that last week. Godly per, uh, repentance, godly sorrow, part of that involves wanting to make restitution, wanting to make things right, but it's not just saying you're sorry Uh, repentance is also not doing penance Uh, it's not a scare tactic how many of you know turn or burn is not the gospel that that is not the good news that's presented in the bible Uh, the goal of repentance is not to get you to think about sin you you reproduce in your life what you focus on what you feed on and uh, the goal of repentance then should be to focus on Jesus, to get us to look more like him. That, that is what we're supposed to be meditating on when we think about repentance. I, I think the devil tries to use incorrect visions of repentance to keep you on the sin treadmill. Anybody ever spend any portion of your life on the sin treadmill? Like, that's all I think about. Oh, I, was, I, I messed up again this week. I can't believe it. I went to the church and, and I knew that was wrong what I was doing. And I went right back and I, 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 I came to the altar. I said, Lord, forgive me. I even cried a little bit, left a little tear stain. And I did the same thing the next week because all I've been doing is feeding that mentality of continuing to focus on my sin. And it becomes a treadmill instead of saying, oh, here's Jesus. What does he look like? What does he want to do in my life? Where can I reinforce and come into agreement with what he's doing in me? So uh, repent in the Greek. We looked at last week the word metanoia. It means to think differently, to change your mind, to reconsider things. And in fact, uh, we said it this way. Repentance simply means coming into agreement with God. That's that's why I liked what we just prayed for the offering. I want to be in unity with God. I, I. that is awesome to say, I, I believe what he believes. I speak what he speaks. I think the same way he thinks. That's the goal of repentance is to get us into that place of agreement with the Lord. Uh, the evidence of repentance is some kind of change. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. But there should be some external visible result of a change of thinking. Anybody, it, It's ridiculous to think I could keep doing the same thing over and over again, change my mind about it, but keep doing it. Can, can I I can say it this way, you know, I'm doing something that I, I was doing it before and then I came to church and I found out that's not good. The, the Bible is, you know, it's, maybe it's one of the things that's specifically listed in the Bible. So I have a change of thinking. Oh, that's wrong. I shouldn't do that. The evidence of changing your thinking should be I stop doing that or I start doing something else. There, there should be some visible outward sign of an inward change that's happened in our thinking. Uh, I can't just keep telling Pam, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and doing the same thing over and over and over. Eventually, I'm going to get it. Something bad is going to happen. Repent in Scripture uh, is linked with kindness, refreshing, rejoicing, salvation, good news, the kingdom, forgiveness. These are all things that are found in conjunction with repentance. It says that God's kindness, Romans 2, 4, is what leads us to repentance. Uh, It says in 2 Timothy that gentle instruction causes people to come to repentance. Uh, Godly sorrow, we said this already, it leads to repentance. Repentance doesn't produce sorrow. It's the other way around. Sorrow may get you to repentance, but then repentance is the antidote for sorrow. Uh, John the Baptist and Jesus, they both preached repent. The kingdom is near. And in essence, they were saying, change your mind because there's a new way of relating to God that's about to come on the scene. Jesus is the Messiah. You need to come into agreement with that. And what he did on the cross allows you to have God actually live inside of you. Uh, Repentance. Uh, a couple of things that we said last week, just to finish the recap, we said repentance activates the sin canceling power of Jesus in our lives and it releases times of refreshing. Acts 3.19, I think we might look at that one again today, but Acts 3.19 says times of refreshing come from the Lord to us when we repent. That word refreshing literally means fresh breath and not, I don't mean just eating a mint. You know, like, oh, I I had bad breath and now I got fresh breath. It means a restoration. It it would be like if you had pneumonia or congestive heart failure. You ever know anybody that's like that? Or emphysema, where it's like, you know, it's a struggle just to breathe. I can't fill my lungs. I can't get any life in there. When we repent and come into agreement with God, the freshness of the breath of the spirit begins to fill us again. This is what it's like to live. This is I can get up and do things again now. I am a I become a walking talking revival. That's the other when it says refreshing if you study it in the Greek it implies revival coming to us. That's us when we repent. He releases revival in us. I'm no I'm no longer chasing the latest move of God or or groveling and asking him to send something that you've already released. God, I become and realize I have revival inside of me. I am a walking, talking emissary of revival. Uh, How about this verse in John 16, uh, chapter 16, verse 30? uh, The disciples are having this conversation with Jesus and he'd been trying to explain some things to them. And the disciples said to him, now we can see that, you know, all things. And that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. I don't know exactly how that worked, but they were like, hey, because nobody had to ask you anything. Now we know. And they said, this makes us believe that you came from God. And what does Jesus say in verse 31? You believe at last. How about Jesus wasn't excited that they acted perfectly. He wasn't excited like, oh, Peter, you stopped yelling at John now and you stopped asking me boneheaded questions about who's going to sit in my right and my left hand. He was excited about the change in their thinking. You believe at last. He says, this is what I've been after this whole time is for you guys to believe. That's what stirred Jesus. That's what excited him. Not that, hey, because the, the shaping up of the outward stuff will happen because this happened. Because you believe now, you, you will begin to act like you believe. That's what excited Jesus. They had repented and changed their minds, and they had new beliefs. We believe that you are the Messiah. Uh, so today I want to talk about repentance is for everyone, uh, even Christians. Maybe you know that repentance is something that is a good discipline of the Christian life. It's not just a one-time event when you get saved. Uh, when you get born again, there, there is repentance that happens. I, I come into agreement with God. I recognize I was a sinner but Jesus did something yeah. about that on the cross and now He makes me a new creation. I, yeah. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that's for me. There is repentance that happens in that moment, but repentance continues to be an active part of the Christian life. It doesn't always have to do with sin, right. but that's repentance, right. changing your mind, should be an ongoing discipline of our walk with God. The, that's right. the whole process of sanctification yeah. actually is the renewing of your mind. Yeah. It, it uh, Romans 12 too, I'll read that verse. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The transformation actually happens in our lives as our mind gets renewed. That, that is the entire walk that we have of sanctification. That's what's going on. We continue to renew our mind by washing it with the water of the word and the water of the word begins to renew our mind, change our thinking patterns. It helps us repent. Uh, when it says be transformed uh, transformed is the greek word metamorpho it's where we get the word metamorphosis and it's from the same root word as repent and uh, when when we change our thinking and change our mind we begin to be transformed that's how that process works uh, i love this translation of it uh, romans 12:2 out of the mirror says do not allow current religious traditions to mold you into its pattern of reasoning and it says this like an inspired artist Everybody look at your neighbor and say, you're an artist. You might, you might not even know it, but it says, like an inspired artist, give attention to the detail of God's desire to find expression in you. He wants to form His nature in you. And it says, become acquainted with perfection. That is, the renewing of your mind is focusing and meditating on Jesus and the perfection that He has wrought in our lives, what He wants to come forth in us. Not so much, hey, I've got to keep... now. Hear me on this, because we need to be ruthless at rooting sin out of our lives if we recognize it. But the goal is because we've been focused on Jesus. Right. That, that's what happens. We become acquainted with perfection. We see Jesus as he is, and then we begin to celebrate when we see that in our lives. Ever, I, I would much, I think it is much more effective for people, for us to stand up in the pulpit and say, Hey, when you find a victory, take a minute and celebrate that. You know, when when you we're not going to have a big we didn't have a big resurrection party at Rose's house to celebrate our failures. Right. right. Okay, But what we should be reinforcing and celebrating in our lives is when we see the nature and character of Christ come forth, It, it ought to be a cause for celebration to say, wow, you know, I used to be greedy. And I just realized that I, I've started being generous that's that 's the character and nature of God coming forth in my life that's a cause to celebrate become acquainted with perfection is that is the progressive rollout that's happening in our lives as our mind gets renewed that process of sanctification is not it doesn't have it doesn't really have that much to do with cleaning up our actions it, it is not like oh i'm more holy now because i've I've stopped lying. Now I'm now I'm gonna work on the being kind thing to people. That stuff will happen. You know, if if you're becoming acquainted with perfection, if you're keeping your eyes on Jesus, lying should disappear from your life. Being kind should blossom and come forth in your life, but it's not the process of sanctification is not, hey, I've got to beat the outer man and get my flesh in shape so that I can stop doing all those things and then I'll be holy. Sanctification right. is, it goes on in here. Yeah. Ooh, my mind yeah. gets renewed. Ooh. I repent. I change the way I think. Yeah. And then it flows out in my actions. Yeah. Yeah. I said last week that uh, your actions are the caboose. But your beliefs are the engine. Yeah. That's, that's, right. that's what you got to work on. Because your actions, the caboose follows wherever the engine goes on the track. You get, your, you get your engine taken care of. And the caboose, the actions, fall along behind it. So repentance, we said uh, last week, is always turning from something back to God. So uh, I have a little thing up there. This guy says, I tried to turn my life around and apparently I made an illegal U-turn. So... So we need to remember that, that the goal is always turning to God. You know, it is not just like, hey, I'm going to change my life just for the sake of change. There are things that we leave, we turn from them, but the, the end is always we turn back to God to see what does he say in the word? How, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart? How do I need to change my life? So repentance is turning from something to God. So what do we turn from? I'll just give you a couple things today. Uh, the first one on the list, because I think it's, it's obviously the most is the most number one answer like if we did family feud what do you repent from sin that would that, be like the number one answer that comes to people's mind maybe that's an obvious one but sin is something we repent from romans 6 1 says what shall we say then shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase because that was that was what was happening this, this was the argument the, the, all the logical people in church had said wow god's grace abounds you know, where sin is, God's grace abounds much more. So they, you know, the people that are, you know, the loophole people, they're always looking for, OK, what's my angle on this? How, how can I get away with something here now? You know, what do I tie off the net or the gross we talked about in Sunday school this morning? Things like that. We got the loophole people. They're looking for things. So they had these people in the church that they're hearing Paul make these arguments. You know, grace abounds where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. So they're thinking, sweet. So if I want more grace to abound. I'll sin more. that That's the answer. I'll just I'll indulge in sinning like you've never seen, and God's grace will just break out everywhere. What does Paul say is the answer to that? Verse two, he says, by no means, some translations say certainly not. What a ghastly thought is another translation. You are out of your mind. There are some translations out there that say that. It's it's like Paul's taking them to task, saying, why would you make that argument? How could you possibly, in the goodness of God that we see him revealed, in the change that he wants to do in our life, how could you possibly come up with that argument of, I'll sin more so grace happens more? He says, by no means. That's that's ridiculous. By no means. So he says, uh, we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? This, this whole passage in Romans, you can go back and read Romans 5 and 6, that whole passage is about leaving sin behind. That is something that shouldn't have a hold on us anymore. It's something that we shouldn't want to do. God's power freed us from sin. It says we died to sin and now He's enabled us to live holy by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. It's not in my own strength I cleaned up. It's the Holy Spirit living in me. We, we've spent several weeks on Wednesday night talking about living in holiness. That, that is not an unreachable goal. That Jesus actually empowers us to do that by the Holy Spirit living in us. Jesus, uh, Jesus didn't give commands that we can't keep. Right. So, so when He says, be perfect, when He says, be holy, He's empowered us to do it somehow right. or else He wouldn't have told us that. That's for another time. Or come to Steve's class on Wednesday night if you want to hear more about uh, what God says about holiness. Um, So we've been freed from sin. We shouldn't live in it anymore. Acts 3.19, the verse that we read, said that repentance wiped out our sin. That that what happened is Jesus actually destroyed and obliterated sin. So when we repent regarding sin, we come into agreement with God about our lack of relationship with sin. It doesn't have a hold on me anymore. Yeah. You know that that is a core of repentance. when When we come, it's not just about, "Oh God, I feel really bad, Here's the wrong stuff I did, which that may be part of it i'm I'm unloading that, but it is saying, God, I'm repenting, I'm changing my mind, coming into agreement that sin doesn't have a hold on me anymore, that you broke its power, that I died to sin that That is actually more like how it works in the life of a believer. And when we do something sinful, we need to repent change our mind and come back to God's Word that says, oh, sin's power has been broken in my life. I need to quit surrendering my members to sinful actions because God's divorced me from sin. When we repent, we come into agreement that sin produces death and that's why we shouldn't do it. I don't know about you, but the last time I ever asked people, hey, does anybody want to die? Like, nobody's in a hurry. No, Nobody like volunteers like, sure, I'll go first. You know, I, I'm all about death. You know, give me give me some death this morning. Nobody ever says that. But sin produces death. And yet we embrace it and, and ingest it. You know, like eating something that's poison, I guess. You know, it's producing death in our life. Why would we do that? That I need to come into agreement with God that that produces death in my life. I don't want that. I'm, I'm going to leave that behind. I'm going to turn from that. And turn to God. Sin is. Can I just say it this way? Sin is not becoming for a child of God. You know, we we always tell our kids, you know, you shouldn't act like that. You know, this is not who you are. You're a maze, or you're a Del Santo, whatever you tell your kids. Like, you know, this is how we comport ourselves. Man, I'm going. I'm going all English major on people this morning, using fifty dollar words. Uh, there are things that we expect of our kids. Like, this is, this is our family's reputation. We don't do certain things. We don't talk certain ways. We don't act certain ways. It's kind of like that with being a child of God. You, you are free to sin if you want, but it doesn't look like a child of God when you do that. I'll leave that one alone. That's Sin is something we should repent from. And we should leave it behind. We should turn towards the Lord. If we truly have repented and come into agreement to think the same things that God thinks about sin, we, people will see change in our lives. There, there should be, uh, regarding repenting from sin, there should be less ungodly activity happening in our lives if we've truly repented from sin. There, there may be things that you read in the Word that you didn't know were sinful. Wow, you know, Paul gives a couple lists. Hey, these these are sinful actions. We shouldn't do these things. Right. You may start reading that list and say, oh, wow, right. I, I didn't even know that. How many of you know in that moment repentance just happened? That's right. Your mind changes because you come right. across a truth in the Word. Wow, you know, Paul says that uh, sleeping with somebody outside of marriage, that's sinful. I, I didn't know that. I should stop doing that. That, that releases life in you and it's repentance because it changes your mind.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, there's one of those things in the list. One of those lists is fits of anger. Yeah. You may think, oh, it's just I'm just short-tempered or we make our excuses. I'm just Italian. I got a temper. It's okay. It's in my family. You read that verse in the Bible and you're like, oh, fits of anger is right there along, you know, fornication and witchcraft and idolatry. And it's like, oh, repentance. I just had a change in my mind. I didn't think it was that bad, but I saw it in the Word. And now I'm going to stop doing it. It's not very becoming for a child of God to act that way. Sometimes, you know, we talk about being acquainted with perfection. Some of you know, sometimes instead of saying, Lord, take away my desire to fill in the blank, that, that kind of keeps our focus on the sin. You know, we keep praying like, oh, Lord, help me not to smoke or help me not to do this. And we keep praying. How about starting to pray, Lord, convince me that I'm a new creation. Maybe that would produce some better fruit in our lives if we start praying, Lord, convince me that I'm a child of God. Lord, let this truth that's in here sink into here and and drive my actions. Instead of spending all of our time saying, Lord, help me not to keep doing this sin that I enjoy so much. And I don't know why I'm really praying it because I really do what I want to do anyway. How about instead of praying those types of prayers, we start to pray, Lord, renew my mind with the fact that I'm your child, renew my mind with the fact that you have died on the cross to divorce me from sin, that you have disempowered it in my life. Let's start praying those prayers, become acquainted with perfection and see the fruit it produces in our lives. A couple other things we repent from uh, the number two on your list. There is dead works. We repent from dead works. Hebrews 6, 1 says, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. So Paul gives a list of things that are foundational. They are the beginning steps of, hey, we should know this already. These are things that we should have down. This is part of our, our starting our walk with God. One of the starting items on the list is changing your mind about doing dead works or to put it this way, can I say religious effort? Trying to achieve salvation or God's favor through what we do. If you notice, if if you carefully read that list, the elementary thing that we should leave behind is not repentance itself, but from waffling between grace and legalism. From continuing to go back to doing dead works, thinking, oh, this will make God happy with me again. Did you ever meet anybody in that place? Well, I, I felt a little bit... of. Joy and a little bit of God's favor on my life when I got saved, but now I, I have to do something to please Him. You know, he's got to be happy with me praying four hours a day, or he's, he, you know, I gave 15% instead of 10% in the offering this week. Surely that pleases Him. Maybe you no, know, those are religious efforts. Those are dead works. That Paul says repent. He says that that should be a foundational building block of your Christian faith is that we repent from dead works that we don't engage in those things now that's tight but it's right it's okay dead dead works are the things that we do thinking they are contributing to our righteousness you, you didn't bring anything to the table to contribute to your righteousness you received it from Jesus as a free gift okay now repenting from dead works is not the same things as, as doing good works You know, Ephesians chapter two tells us that we were prepared to do good works in advance, that that God has things for us to do that are good that we should be doing, but it doesn't earn you anything. It doesn't increase your righteousness now because I did those things. We do them out of a place of knowing I'm resting in him. I'm I'm secure and and I love him so much that I want like Miss Rose. You said it even like I want to do something for Jesus because he's done so much for me. I I love him. I want to do something. That's, that's what good works look like. But dead works are stinky. Dead, dead works are to be avoided. We need to repent from them. Hmm. Dead traditions that we do out of routine. Let's repent from those things. There are a lot of things that happen in churches today that we just do them because we always did them. And they don't mean anything anymore. And that's the thing that Paul says, you know, we need to repent from that. Change our mind. You know, that's, that's not producing anything. Let's do something different. Uh, God's plan all along was for us to change our minds and rest in Him. Even in, in Isaiah. I, don't, I didn't put this on the screen, but Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15, if you want to write it down. It says, This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, In repentance and rest is your salvation. In repentance and rest. It's like changing our mind to come into agreement that You did all the work, Lord. I'm, I'm resting in You. Your righteousness is my righteousness now so repentance, turn turn from dead works, come into agreement with God that religious effort is worthless. Uh, The next thing on the list, what do we repent from? Uh, Unbelief. Unbelief is something that we should repent from. How many of you know that even believers can have unbelief? We might not be so sure about that. I'm not sure if I believe that. I'm I'm an unbeliever about your statement about belief that you just made. Um, Unbelief is something we need to repent from. Uh, this, how about the story of Jesus? Now, when I say unbelief, uh, this doesn't mean like, hey, I've stopped relying on the cross or stopped believing that Jesus is God or any of that. This is any time that you find yourself not in complete agreement with the promises of God's word. That's unbelief. Like, oh, you know, is, is healing really for today? Maybe you know that that's unbelief. That We need to repent from unbelief and come into agreement with, oh, Jesus took stripes on his back for my healing so that I could be free from sickness. Uh, If you remember Mark chapter nine, there's a story of a man with a demon possessed son and he brought him to Jesus and he's, he's asking Jesus, you know, I've got all these concerns about my son. These are the bad things that happened, And he approaches Jesus with his son and he says, could you heal him? If you can, I think you could heal him. And what does Jesus say to him? Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 23, he says, what do you mean if I can? Can you just picture Jesus saying, what do you mean if I can? Of course I can. Do you remember who you're talking to here? Yeah, it's one of those deals. He says, what do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. And he says this, anything is possible if a person believes. And here's what the father, the young son said. He said, the father instantly replied, I do believe, but help me not to doubt. Or, or some of the translations, I believe, help my unbelief. You, you remember that one? It's how does that work? Yeah, help my unbelief. Was that prop it up, inflate it? No, he means help me not be in unbelief. Help me not to doubt anymore. The father was making a statement. It's an amazing statement. I do believe. I believe you are who you say you are. I believe you are Jesus. You are the Messiah. You could heal my son if it's your will. He says, I do believe, but help me to overcome my doubt. How many of you have ever been a place in a place in your Christian walk where it's like, I believe, but help me overcome my doubt? I I need to see you come through, Lord Jesus. I I need I need some help here because I've wandered into unbelief. That's one of the things we need to repent from. We need to turn and leave our unbelief. This how many of you know that that is actually a great prayer of repentance? I believe. Help me not to doubt. In other words, Help me change my mind, Lord. I believe in You and I, I, I know it's in there somewhere, Lord. Help me change my thinking to come into agreement with Your Word. That is repentance. In fact, that's probably the most common form of repentance in a Christian believer's life. I believe, Lord. Help me to take everything that's in here and come into agreement with it. It could be about healing. It could be about forgiveness. Oh, you know, God's a very forgiving God for everybody else, but not so much for my list. You ever know anybody like that? Yeah you know, the blood of Jesus, that was good for you, but it couldn't have covered everything I've done in my life. Maybe you know that's unbelief yeah. that repentance needs to happen. We need to come into agreement. How about? Spiritual gifts? Oh, yeah, that was great for the apostles to get the church kicked off, but the Holy Spirit doesn't do that stuff anymore. Maybe, you know, you come into an experience where you encounter spiritual gifts and the Holy Spirit doing stuff. That's an option to repent. You you realize, I need to change my mind about what I've believed about God and his work. Repentance from unbelief is simply coming into agreement that God's word is true. That all of his promises are yes and amen. Uh, that kind of leads us the, the other thing a fourth thing I had up there what do we repent from is incomplete theology and and I was thinking about how to word this you know do I say inaccurate theology or bad theology but it, it really is incomplete I think because because the longer anybody ever else experiences or is this just me the longer you walk with God the more fuller the picture gets you you begin to see and know things about him that's like I never thought that way or, or believed that about God when I was 20. You know, but now that 20 years further down the road, I've come to know him in that way. How many of you know that was repentance? Right. Because you had a change in your thinking, that how you experienced him. I put up here the scripture, God is love, uh, from 1 John there. And I thought about that one. That, that is one of the biggest things. Some people have grown up for whatever reason and they have this picture of God. This, this is how repentance can work. They have this picture of God like He's angry and punitive. Like he's, he's waiting to get me for what I've done. And we come into an understanding that God is love. He's a, he is a Father that loves me so much. How many of you know in that moment, you have an opportunity to repent? And it wasn't it wasn't sinful. It wasn't something you've done bad. It's a change in your thinking that gives you a more complete picture of God. I mean, you know, when when people start talking to you about what was what's God like, because people will fight you over this. Like God, God is the angry God. He's the God with the stick that, you know, he's judging our nation right now and all this stuff. Maybe you know God, the father looks exactly like Jesus. Jesus is having this big conversation with Philip. Philip's like, Lord, will you show us the father now? And He says, Philip, hello. He says, if you've seen me, You've seen the Father. Everything I do, I only do what the Father does. I only speak what the Father says. People want to know what God's like. Start talking to them about Jesus.
1: Right,
0: And that will help some people repent. It will help them change their mind and get their theology about God straight. You know, another thing, you know, we may repent. How about when I did the Things Are Getting Better series? We may come in with the mentality of No, things are getting worse in the world. It's going to hell in the handbasket. All these bad things are happening. And we go through all these scriptures that, wow, God promises that He's winning. Things are getting better. Maybe you know in that moment you get an opportunity to repent. And it's not because we were evil, we were bad, we're bad Christians. It's like, oh, I'm confronted with something different from the Word. I have a choice to make in my mind. That's repentance. Anytime you see something in a new light in Scripture... Mom was just telling me she read a couple stories out of the word this week. Uh, She read the story about the the guy finding the treasure in the field and says he went and sold everything he had so that he could buy the field. And she's like, as I was reading that, you know, I've always heard that, you know, it's salvation. You know, we buy the field and we find salvation. She's like, God was just breathing on that and tell me we were the treasure in the field because who gave up everything he had who laid aside his glory and left to come purchase the field. To get the treasure, and she's like, Jesus showed me a picture that that was me in that field, and that he sold, he gave away everything he had so he could buy me. That's repentance, and it's not. You can preach both of those out of that passage that it's salvation or that it's is God coming to find us. But anytime you see something that gives you a bigger, fuller picture of the awesomeness of God, of His great love for us, it's repentance. Changes our thinking, changes our mind. We have. It it just reminds me we need to stay teachable our entire life. The the moment we stop being open to seeing something new about God, is the moment we stop growing. It's it's the moment our relationship atrophies. You know, Pam and I are going to be married twenty years this August. I've still got things to know and to learn and to understand about Pam. Probably much more than she has to go about me. (laughs) But at the moment, I say, I don't need to know anymore. I got it all figured out. I know exactly who Pam is. Never going to give it another thought. Our relationship begins to die. It starts to atrophy. There's there's no life and vibrancy in our relationship. It's the same way with God. The moment I think I've got Him completely figured out, it's the moment I built my box. Tried to put Him in it. And I start my own denomination. Yeah. <laughs> that, come on, that, that's usually what happens is that's that's how a lot of the denominations came about is we've got we've got to completely figure it out. If you don't agree with us, you must be wrong. So we're going to separate ourselves. You're the first Baptist. Now we're going to be the second Baptist because we've got a fuller revelation. But I don't know how it gets to be that way. But the moment we think we've got them figured out, we stop growing. God told the Israelites to camp around the cloud and the pillar of fire. But the pillar of fire and the cloud moved. <laughs> and they they had to move when he moved. And we can't stop. That's what I'm saying by that. So we need to keep repenting in our lives. And it doesn't mean I'm, I'm an awful person. It just means I want to know you more, God. I, I want to see the truth of this come to life in my eyes. And then uh, the last thing I had, and we're going to close with this. Uh, the last thing that we need to repent from sometimes is uh, inaccurate pictures or beliefs about ourselves. I, I love this verse that 's up there second timothy two twenty five out of the mirror it says, "Your gentle way of instructing those who oppose you will inevitably lead them to see what God believes concerning them and give them the best possible chance to acknowledge the truth. How many of you know that God has beliefs about you yeah. we sometimes we forget that that might actually be a much more important piece of the equation than the things we believe about Him. Right, right, right. Not saying that we shouldn't know what we believe about God. That, that theology is important, but sometimes the more important piece of the equation is what does He think about me? What has He called me to be? What, when, when Jesus went to the cross, that was for a reason to produce something in my life. I, I'd say that's a, a pretty important thing to start to understand and to know. Your life goes much better when you come into agreement with his beliefs about you. Yes, that's right. You know, you might think you're worthless. Anybody know anybody with that problem? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how they've identified themselves. So I, I don't have anything to offer. If you were worthless, why would Jesus go to the cross? That's right. I'd say you were worth a whole lot. Yeah. I, I'd say you have some value, if that's the extent Jesus went to, yeah. to have a relationship with you. You might, you might say that you have nothing to offer. 1 Corinthians 12 says, to each one, a gift was given. He says He poured them all out for the, for the betterment of the body. Well, I don't have anything to offer. Well, then you need to come into agreement. You need to repent and come into agreement with the Word that He's given you gifts. That He's placed treasure inside of an earthen vessel. You might think you'll always be a sinner. Anybody ever... Meet people with that one. That's how they identify. I'm just a sinner, saved by grace. Well, I, I was a sinner, but He made me a new creation. Shouldn't by by definition, I shouldn't be able to say that anymore? To go around saying I am a sinner if He says I've made you something different, I've made you something new, a new creation. So uh, I read this verse a lot because I really like it, and I hope you do too. First uh, Corinthians six nine through eleven. He says, "Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God?" He says, "Don't be deceived." Here's this really bad list of people that won't get a sniff of the kingdom operating in their life. And in verse 11, he says this. He says, "This is what some of you were." This is what some of you were. He says, "But you, how many of you are believers this morning?" This because Paul was writing this letter to believers, and he says, "But you were washed, you were sanctified." You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Maybe you know that's what we need to come into agreement with. Some of us need to change our minds about who we are, the belief we have about ourselves, and come into agreement with what He says. You want to see the fruit of sanctification come in in your life? Start meditating on oh, I was washed, I was sanctified, I was justified. In the name of the Lord. Let that begin to produce fruit in our lives. Become acquainted with the perfection. And let it begin to produce something. He says in Matthew three eight. John told the Pharisees, he says, produce fruit in keeping with, with repentance. Repentance ought to produce something in our lives. There, there ought to be new fruit that comes forth after we repent. Something different. In fact, I would go so far as to say it should be Holy Spirit fruit. that that should be becoming evident in our lives if we're truly repenting. Different fruit comes from different beliefs. If you have a tree in your backyard that grows apples and you want peaches, what do you do? You plant peach pits. You plant a peach tree. You do something different to produce new fruit in your life. It's the same way with our beliefs. We want different actions to come forth. The seeds you plant are new beliefs. You come into agreement with what God says in the Word, and that's what begins to produce different fruit. You don't get different fruit by like, hey, I ate all the apples, I gave some to Pam, she made a nice pie, and now I'm hoping that since I picked all the apples, something else will come on the tree. You plant different seeds. You plant new beliefs in your life. And that's what produces new fruit. So here's uh, the last slide up there. Is, this is kind of a how-to manual for repentance that I want to I end with. But I, I want us to all pray for a second and fill in these blanks this morning. So wherever you're sitting, if you're doing it on a piece of paper, that's fine. Or if you're just going to do it in your mind, uh, this is what repentance looks like. I used to fill in the blank. Think I was a sinner. Think I was worthless do certain actions whatever it is I used to blank but now I blank now I it's like the match game I <laughs> just had a horrible flashback to everybody writing on their card They used to blank but now I blank and they, anyway I'm I'm getting too old because kids like young adults in my Sunday school class I'll say hey do you guys remember such and such and they're like give me the blank stare like no, we have, we have no idea what you're talking about, Pastor Chris. That was, you know, what year were you born? And oh, I used to blank, but now I blank. I used to think I was a sinner, but now I think I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That would be one way to fill that in. So let's, I'm going to pray for a minute. And I'd like a, one, just one thing. Ask God to speak to you today. Lord, what should I put in those blanks? I'm going to repent. We've been talking about repenting. I want to do something now, Lord. And I can't think no sins are popping into my mind or maybe some sins are, are popping into your mind. I don't know. But you're thinking like, okay, I've I'm, I'm not been a dirty, vile person this week. What could I repent from? He'll speak to you. He'll He'll tell you something. Maybe it was a belief. Maybe it was something. He wants to give you more of a revelation. So let's pray for a second. Father, I ask right now that you would speak to our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that you would just uh, show us something to be practical about repenting this morning? What what could we change our thinking about? What could we come into agreement with You about this morning that we used to be a certain way, but now by faith, we're declaring that we are this? Lord, maybe it's we, we used to be sinners that weren't going to inherit the Kingdom of God, but now we declare by faith that we are washed, we are justified, we're sanctified. Lord, speak to each one of our hearts to write something down this morning to make it real before you.